This is the After Hours Director Spotlight, presented by Amro Music. It's the podcast where we chat with music educators to celebrate the joy of teaching music and learn about strategies for success. In this episode, Nick Averwater talks with Justin Harvison, director of bands at Germantown High School in Madison, Mississippi. Justin began his career in 2008 at Madison Central High School, where he was lead director of the ninth grade band at Rosa Scott Ninth Grade School. He then went on to become the founding director of the Germantown High School Band Program in 2011. In this conversation, Justin talks about his early influences that led to the choice to be a music educator, the keys to the success that the band program at Germantown has enjoyed, and more. This conversation was recorded January 10, 2022. Hello, everyone, and welcome to After Hours Director Spotlight. Today, I'm excited to sit down and have a conversation with Mr. Justin Harvison, the founding director of bands at the Germantown program in Madison, Mississippi. Justin, it's good to see you this evening. How are you? It's good to see you. Thanks for having me. Well, Justin, I've got some conversations here teed up, but before we do, I'd love for our listeners just to get to know you a little bit. You know, what led you to become an educator you know, who influenced you along the way, and what about them made them influential in your life? Uh, well, I, I started band in 1995 and at Petal High School, which is you know east of Hattiesburg. Um, and my band director was Terry Ingram. Um, I little did I know how much of an impact he was going to have on me. Um, in my decisions, uh, as far as, um, you know, what, what I would wind up doing in a career and, and, you know, and, and, and what I do in that career, but he was influential to me in so many ways. Um, but I, I auditioned for band in the fifth grade, um, in 1995 and was in band, you know, from 96 to 2003 and Terry was my band director, um, and he was the spark for me, really. Um, I'd never really considered music at all. Um, and to be quite honest, um, I didn't really consider doing band. Uh, I, I went, we were all sort of corralled into the gym to have a presentation, you know. And something about him just enamored me. I mean, I, I just remember seeing him and just everything he said, I just hung on to every word and almost to the point to where it was, it was more about him. You know, I wanted to do whatever this guy, if it was like, if Terry was doing, you know, basket weaving, I was probably going to take basket weaving. Cause I was just, just so impressed by him and uh, just everything he said, I was just, you know, all about it. Um, so that's really, that was the spark for me. Um, that's what me, what got me into band, what got me into music. Um, and then, as I got into high school, I met Gary Cook, who sadly we lost this past September. Um, he taught me private lessons um, on trombone for five years. I was very close to Mr. Cook, um, and I, same kind of thing. I hung on every word he said, not just about music or band, but life. Um, he's a, if Terry was kind of the father figure, then Gary Cook was kind of the grandfather figure. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and then uh, when I got to college, of course, I went to uh, Southern Miss and I met Tom Friskillo and, um, you know, he was a huge influence 
on me and tons of other people. So I guess I'd have to say it, it's kind of a trifecta between those three. I mean, Terry was really the spark and it led to Gary Cook and then to Tom Friscillo. And those three are, are really the, the people that I, I look back to, whether it's a decision and, you know, life or administratively for the band program or down to a rehearsal or a music decision. Um, those are some of the people, you know, I, I look back on and, and conversations I've had with them and what would they say in this situation type thing. So um, those are the three biggest ones for me. So Justin, as, as we kind of look in, there's a couple of topics I want to talk through with you. One of the things that's impressed me so much is, is when I've looked at kind of the, the um, things that you've accomplished through your teaching career, your programs have consistently operated at a really, really high level. I mean, I, I was reading here about how even before you were at Germantown High School, when you were at Rosa Scott and teaching the ninth grade band, it was the first ninth grade band in Mississippi history to be awarded the Mississippi Bandmaster Sweepstakes Award, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Germantown, and of course, the high school band there has done extremely well in marching band and continues to win the sweepstakes award in Mississippi for the five consecutive years. Music for all invited to play at the music for all concert festival featured at Mississippi Bandmasters. I mean, your programs have always been at this really high level and concert assessment festival performance just happens to be around the corner for a lot of programs. So let's maybe dive into Maybe the steps and the keys to success that you have found in preparing your program for performing on stage in a concert setting at such a high level like you've consistently done throughout your career. Well, thank you for those kind words. Um, and I have to say, too, the the stuff at Rosa Scott in Madison Central, That's I was really, really lucky fortunate to to be able to start my career at, at such a great place to learn how to be a band director just to be honest I was I was given the unique opportunity to have a little bit of um, administrative experience or, be, or given a little bit of administrative responsibility and a lot of teaching responsibility uh, with honestly just master teachers to kind of to help guide and, and teach and um, Duncan Goff did a tremendous job when he was the director of bands at Madison when I was there to, to, to make that program so good. And it's, you know, from, from the beginnings to where, to where they ended with, you know, his top group. And, and he always used to say, uh, keep the main thing, the main thing, which is, you know, kids knowing how to play their instruments, knowing music as a, as a language. Um, you know, my my great great friend Chuck Reynolds is the band the head band director there now. Uh he was also a huge part of I learned so much from him in the early days at Rosa. I mean, he would oftentimes be right behind me on the podium and he'd slip me notes in the middle of rehearsal and say, like, don't do that. Do this. And you know, I mean so all the stuff at Rosa Scott, I mean, I, I was just I was there and got to ride the wave. Um and, and it was great things happen at the middle school with uh, people like Bobby Shivers and Isla Nicholson and Scott Presley. I mean, there's great things happening there. So I, I want to say that, too, that, I mean, I was there and I'm proud of what we got to do there at Rosa. Those, you know, in the early 2010s, um, 
but it was ultimately because of what Duncan and and Chuck and and all the people on that staff are doing. But um, to get back to your other question about what we do, I mean, I I took a lot of what I learned at Madison Central and from Duncan and Chuck and um, Bobby Shivers and people like that, and it's it's got to start if you are lucky enough to have a band program that is a continuous a continuum from six to to twelve. I mean, they're I mean, on, on the majority of band programs in our state, I think, are situated like that. But I know there are some that aren't, and certainly when you get out of Mississippi, there's some that that don't really have a whole lot of control over their feeder patterns or who starts. But if you're fortunate enough to be able to start and see the kids from see the same kids from six through twelve. In my opinion, um, it all starts in the expectation you set in that very first day. Um, much like how, you know, I was talking about Terry Ingram, much like how he did when he recruited us in the fifth grade. I mean, I knew what sort of expectations this man was going to have from the time I met him to the time I sat down in sixth grade band until the time I graduated. And that never changed. Um, it was very consistent. Um, so for me, with Germantown, that's it's it's really just been a teach how you were taught scenario. I mean, I just I I think it's important to start um, when when you do have the opportunity to start them in your band program to be consistent, start early, and and they know exactly what that's going to be. Um, we're also very fortunate in how our beginner program is is how, how it's situated class wise. We're, we're fortunate enough to be able to have homogenous classes in our sixth graders. Um, so it's all trumpets together. It's all clarinets together, all trombones together their entire first year. So there's a lot of, um, there's not a whole lot of downtime. It's, it's, it's all instruction the entire time. And I know some of my colleagues have what we call, you know, big family band in sixth grade. And I think, there there are definitely benefits to that as well, but as far as instruction goes, the fact that we're able to have everything aligned homogeneously in the beginner groups, I mean, we can really focus on starting them the right way early and just continuing that same pattern as they progress through the program. I absolutely love the fact that you have approached, hey, if I'm going to have a very, very high-functioning high school program or symphonic band or whatever it is, it starts in that sixth grade program. And so the, the couple of things that you mentioned was expectations of, of, you know, on day one. So, I mean, you're talking about the six year timeline that the student is in your program. And for you, that starts on the first day that they mm-hmm. begin in that program. What are some of the expectations that, that you put in place and that you go ahead and start those habits early so that they're prepared for your high school program? Um, I mean, one of the things we talk about as a staff a lot is nobody cares what you can play if it doesn't sound good. Uh, we talk about tone quality, tone production is at the top of the list. Everything comes from that. And there's no, there's not great technique without great tone. So for us, when we start, that's where we start with. That's, that's sort of the, the smallest germ in what they you know, what eventually becomes their full range of abilities and techniques is tone. And with that, you know, we try to do the basics better. We try to start everything from hand position to the way they they sit to rehearsal etiquette. I mean, all of that 
is sort of, again, it's sort of a continuum, uh, the way we expect them to be in rehearsal in sixth grade really doesn't change much from by the time they get to high school. And if they make it to, you know, my, my top group in the symphonic band, I mean, they're, if I taught them as a beginner, they're very familiar with how I'm about to run that rehearsal. Um, you know, the, the content certainly changes, but as far as the expectation and the procedures, they're pretty consistent or I like to think they are. (laughs) Yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. I absolutely love that mentality. Now, what are some of the other keys to success? I mean, what what kind of expectations as a student advances do you place on them? You you mentioned that the expectations remain the same, the content changes. I sus- I have to assume that the expectations, although they remain the same, they they get higher, they grow. Mm-hmm. What are the expectations that you place on on each group as they move through and head towards that symphonic band? Oh well, obviously, you know, as as they get as they get better at their instrument, they need to develop more technically, and they they need to be able to to advance their their technical skills for sure. Um, that comes from you know scales. We also we we push. Um, Honor band, we push um, all state band, which you know all of that is is all kind of wrapped up into one thing um, with their scales and uh, playing sort of advanced etudes. But the biggest thing I think uh, once we get them to a certain point is we really emphasize the need for private lessons. For me, one of the things I'm I'm most proud of with what we've been able to do at Germantown. I mean, we've We've done some great things with the concert bands and 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 that sort of thing, and, I'm, and the marching band. I'm certainly proud of that. But one of the biggest things is the culture that we've been able to to cultivate and to to kind of show the kids and bring to them how important it is for private lessons. Um, and we're in an area here where we're close to the Mississippi Symphony. We have a lot of you know great private lesson teachers around. Um, that are able, we were able to facilitate those lessons that way. Um, because one of the things I, I tell the staff is no matter how good a teacher you are, you're never going to be able to teach every kid and give every kid what they need from the podium. I mean, you can definitely plan and, and go in and be able to get, you know, a, a great cross section of those things, but you're never going to be able to give every single kid exactly what they need. The only way to really do that is for them to have individual attention in a perfect world, you know, more than 24 hours in a day. I'd love to teach every one of them myself and, and really get in there and and hear what they're doing individually. But the alternative to that is private lessons. And we have, we've also been really lucky in that we've been able to generate a great partnership with the private lesson studio that we have here. It's not, it's not just to go in the room with this flute teacher and come out like there's a lot, there's conversation. It's this, this students, you know, they struggle with this and they're really good at this and we need to help them with these things. It's, it's very collaborative. Um, so, you know, private lessons I think are, are one of the things that's helped us and helped our students to, to really broaden their skills as they get older. Um, you know, we certainly, we certainly set that expectation and, and give them a map with our own curriculum and our own pacing 
for what they should be doing year to year, uh, instrument to instrument. But, um, again, our, our private lesson studio teachers have, have been huge with helping us implement that. So that's fantastic. Justin, as you have advanced in your career, I mean, you talked about how when, when, um, you were teaching the ninth grade band there and you were uh, starting out that you had a little bit of administrative responsibility and a lot of teaching responsibility. Mm -hmm. I suspect as time has gone on, those roles have flipped. (laughs) I mean, now you have a tremendous amount of students. You have more directors within your program. How have you evolved? How have you changed as those job expectations have changed because now you kind of wear the hat of CEO of the Germantown band program and not just, you know, a band director of the ninth grade band at Rosa Scott. Yeah. Uh, well it's, uh, most days it's a hat that I don't, I don't think fits very well. I mean, I, um, I do the, the best I can. I mean, I'm, for me, it was always about the music. I mean, I got into this uh, this activity or this profession because of people who taught me and because of the music. Um, the thing that that kind of keeps me grounded in the in the especially you know over the past three years with with um, the program growing and then with COVID and some of the extra stuff that comes with that is that's really the the work that I put in to be able to stand in front of the kids, the sort of the, the carrot is to, to get to be in front of the kids and get to be around the kids. That's really where the joy comes. And, and I realized that in order to get to that part of it, to get to the joy of the job, I've got to do the things that help us get down the road and get year to year. Um, it's something that becomes more and more, involved each year to just keep a band program that's growing and progressing the way it is to keep it to keep it going in that right direction so yeah i mean i've I've heard people on the podcast say i mean you can create a monster here that you have to continue to feed and Mm -hmm. you know what advice because I, i mean just off the top of your head justin how much of your day do you think you spend with a baton in your hand teaching band, teaching students, and how much of your work day do you think you do the everything else, the administrative responsibilities? It's 90-10. Yeah. 90% is administrative, 10% is teaching. I'd say maybe 15, because, um, I mean, I, I do spend some time. I, Especially recently, I've um, committed to myself to, to practice myself more as much as I preach to my kids about being prepared and practicing and getting better at their craft. I, I need to do the same thing. So I, I practice myself, but, um, it's probably, yeah, it's like probably 90, 90% administrative and 10% teaching. So, and, and, and I think it creates this interesting dilemma, which I want to unpack with you a little bit more in that the administrative things usually takes place behind closed doors. You're in your office, you're working at home late at night. It's a meeting with your principal or your superintendent that other people aren't a part of. It's a lot of closed door activities, whereas the 10%, the 15%, that's when people see you in the tower, they see you on stage, they see all of the things that you're doing. So, you know, what, what advice would you give young educators out there, people earlier in their career, who right now are in that role that is predominantly 
you know, they're, they're a part of a team or they're able to do more of the education side, but they look at people like you. I mean, they look at Justin Harvison, the director of bands at Germantown, where they've won all these sweepstakes. And I want to be that guy when I get later in my career. You know, what advice would you give those educators that are looking to you in the position that you're in and saying, that's what I want? You know, is there anything you would pass on to them? Just to dig in as much as you can, uh, to take advantage of that time where, where your responsibilities are just teaching. Like I said earlier, like when I was at Rosa, I was in a really fortunate situation where I could spend most of my day working on, on my craft, working on how I teach something. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I used to, on my off blocks, I mean, I would practice clarinet and I would practice bassoon and I would, you know, I would have these strategies on how to teach my kids to know more about their instruments and their, you know, their tuning deficiencies and stuff and stuff like that because I had I was able to have that time because people like Duncan Goff were running the band program um and I was you know I was so I was so happy to have that opportunity and and quite honestly if the Germantown situation hadn't come open when it did I mean I would have loved to have had another five years of that you know five more than that five to ten more years of being able to do that so I think, you know, that's important is to, is for one, is to understand that, that you, you have this, uh, this chance now to really dig in, spend time developing your craft. The second thing that I think is perhaps more important is to find a mentor, someone you can trust to, to tell you the good stuff and, I think and the bad so stuff. Important. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, I do think that's so important because so many people we've had on the show have just, much like you, have reflected back and said, you know, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have this individual that poured into me and helped keep me, quite frankly, in between the lines. And um, and I, I do think that's so important because one of the things we have the privilege of doing is working with a lot of young educators earlier in their career. And a lot of these young educators are at these, you know, 1A school where they teach 6 through 12. And that can be mm-hmm. such a unique challenge, having to wear every hat and, and be responsible for every aspect of that program top to bottom. That's a challenge. Right. It is. Now, Justin, I have to imagine a, a key part of the success and what you all do at Germantown is also develop student leaders and because I have to imagine that, quite frankly, I mean, you all have hundreds and hundreds of students enrolled in the program. You want to give them the opportunity to grow and to develop, but you simply also need their leadership and their guidance to ensure that every box gets checked in the program. You know, tell me about your leadership development program at Germantown and how you all approach that from an educator's perspective. It starts back from what I mentioned earlier, those expectations from the day they start in the program. Um, they, they know the expectations from the directors and from the, the teaching side of it, but they also, as they progress, they see that from the student side of that. They see kind of um, what the culture is. Um, and I mean, for sure, there are anomalies year to year, but for the most part, when we are developing these leaders um we you know we we choose them based off of not what they say but what they do um and as we go along um we try to pair them 
with other students within the band program that we we feel like hey you know the this particular student could really learn a lot from from this particular student and we we try to pair them maybe not so um deliberately but we try to you know guide them in that same direction and um again they they start to see what the uh, what the expectation is within those student leadership groups, and they just sort of assimilate. Honestly, like they 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 see it and they know what the expectations are. We do over the summer. We especially with our high school groups, we do um, some leadership training and leadership development type thing. But for the most part, our leadership is really just based on kids understanding the expectation. Um, when we pick student leaders, they um, there's an interview process. Obviously, their audition year to year is considered in as part of that process, and then we just we also evaluate them based off of what they've done, and we we tell them that from the get go. It's it's not about what you say; it's what you do, and because that's how we need them to lead. We need them to lead by example and lead by doing, and that's how we select them and that's how we train them. And honestly, that's that's it. I mean, we we. We we talk a lot about it, but we try to do as much as possible. That's fantastic. Well, Justin, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to sit down and kind of reflect back on your career, hear about some of the lessons learned and some of the things going on behind the scenes that is contributing to the terrific success that you all are enjoying there at Germantown High School under your leadership. So thank you for a few minutes of your time today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. That's Justin Harvison, Director of Bands at Germantown High School in Madison, Mississippi, talking with Nick Averwater. The After Hours Director's Spotlight is presented by Amro Music, a family-owned company since 1921. At Amro, we work with over 600 schools in eight states to bring the joy of music to thousands of young musicians, and these partnerships make production of the After Hours podcast possible. Our director's services department is ready to work with your school, too. Just email alan at amromusic.com or seth at amromusic.com. The After Hours podcast is produced by Nick Averwater, Emily McGee, and Joel Hurd in Memphis, Tennessee. You can hear many more conversations with music educators at amromusic.com slash afterhours. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, here are two easy and fast ways you can support the After Hours show. First, your five-star review means a lot as it helps to boost us in the podcast rankings so that other music educators just like you can find us. Second, if you thought of someone that would enjoy this week's content and episode, hey, please share it with them so that they too can be a part of the After Hours community. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.